Well, good afternoon. Here we go. Fresh week, and it's fresh outside. It's only 8 degrees, which is not too bad, but uh, Donnie was saying it's getting down to the freezing mark overnight. I'm just looking at Wednesday. They're talking wet for Halloween. You know, it's a drag because, you know, you put on all the regalia and the costume and everything like that. I just go out as a real damp pirate. It's not pleasant, you know. It's just difficult enough going to people's doors as an adult dressed as a kid trying to score some cheap candy and bonbons. Oh, the indignity. And now the weather, too. Everything's conspiring against me. Other than that, it's been uh, a pretty nice weekend. Came, it went, and uh, here we find ourselves with a new week and a whole lot going on on the weekend. i got to be honest. I mean, it's almost overwhelming. The news just, you know, keeps coming at you. It's like drinking through a fire hose, and you're trying to, you know. Non-stop. Well, yeah, because uh, you want to detach a little bit and uh, do some things like chores and you know you're glued to the Wee. and i went to the hockey game saturday night that was a fun time hey. the way the leaves came back man oh man can't believe that uh and of course baseball i was a letdown i gotta say honestly the world series was unless you're a boston fan not a lot to recommend it boston just the class of the league and they outplayed los angeles it was uh except for that game that went to like three o'clock three thirty in the morning oh my trying to hang in on friday night you know, <laughs> you think, oh, it's Friday. I could stay up. Well, if it wasn't for the single malt, I never would have made it. You know, it just gave me an excuse to kind of hang in there. Boom. Paid for it the next day. But nonetheless, uh, so that that has come and gone. Although the baseball story, of course, today, we've got ourselves a new manager for the Jays, Charlie Montoya and uh, Montoyo, Montoyo from Puerto Rico. And uh, obviously, you know, the requirement to speak Spanish because some of the players coming up. You know, from the minors, mm-hmm. and really where uh, a lot of Toronto's rejuvenation is based, are people of Latin American descent. So, we'll see how that works. He was saying something intriguing, too, how he's not really going to stand too much on analytics. That's a part of it. Because, you know, so much of sport now is given over to analytics. And, you know, crunching numbers and uh, algorithms and computerized stuff, and whew, just zips over my head. In fact, it was interesting that earlier today, the NHL, Gary Bettman... The dwarfine commissioner. Yes. Can I say that? Can I say that without some did. kind of retribution here? Somebody's going to take me to task for that. Look, uh, the guy signed a deal with MGM, the casinos, the resorts and casinos in the States to uh, share data that the, the league has a proprietary uh Whatever it is, you know, they have proprietary rights to, obviously, and they're going to share this data uh, with the casinos, the MGM casinos, for betting purposes, for no other reason but for betting purposes. And I'm saying to myself, do we really need this in Canada? Well, we don't have the same laws as they do in the states where they've legalized the Supreme Court last spring allowed for legalized gambling in the states and so where mgm has their resorts and casinos this is somehow going to give them uh more raw material that they can help betters all that data that you were talking about lose their shirts well yeah this is what it is you know which (laughs) skaters skates faster who shot is harder i'm thinking to myself we don't need that to sell the game in canada do we i just go for the inherent enjoyment of it the game yeah well but you know this is america where uh you've got like March Madness, the basketball month-long... Big deal. You know, orgy of college <laughs> hoops is all predicated on gambling. You fill out your brackets, and you know, even people who don't know squat about uh, basketball or care about it, 
they get involved. Office pools and everything, the handle's like $10 billion. And, you know, well, you see the same with the NFL. They all exist now on gambling. So it's like nobody cares about the game so much anymore. Remember the old adage? It's not how you play the game. Or it's not, it's whether, not whether you, you win or lose. It's not whether you win or lose. It's how you play. No, that's it, been replaced by it's not whether you win or lose. It's whether you beat the spread. Yeah. Well, that's what, what it's all odds? about now. Yeah, that's about. Uh, and so this is what a little later in the program we'll drill down on whether Canada needs to legalize this type of sports betting as well to enhance the fan experience. And I'm guessing that's what Bettman's game is here. You know, get more people involved. Look, as I say, college hoops isn't really that much, you know, uh, apart for the schools themselves, a crazy attraction. But you put the betting in there, and well, suddenly everybody's transfixed for a full month. And that competition in, in the game of hoops begins so early on. I saw some friends who were in from the U.S. Uh, this weekend, and their son is heavily involved in basketball. He's a natural and got the height and the skill and the genetics and everything. And they say it's hard for us to come visit Canada because to see family because it's so intense, even at a, a junior varsity level. Like well, right. That's if you're personally kind of involved, begins. Right. Well, okay. If you're personally involved, otherwise, you know, a lot of people uh, don't care about it or don't get that involved. But the involvement is very, very intense during March Madness, as I was saying with the NFL as well, predicated upon gambling and all these prop bets. I mean, it's become ridiculous to the point, you know, you're betting on the coin toss and. Look, uh, so this is what the NHL is getting involved in with the MGM resorts and casinos because they're going to give the punters some more information. I don't know that we need this in Canada, as I say, but uh, I'll leave it because it's right now it's Batman trying to sell the game stateside. This is the way they see an opportunity because, uh, as a matter of fact, they're just going to hand this data over. There's no quid pro quo here, so they're obviously just looking to grow the game, which I get. They have to. There are certain pockets stateside that don't really take to the game. Arizona would be one. Florida's a tough sell as well, you know, unless teams are successful. But that being said, what the heck, uh, a later discussion. I have to admit again, I'm not really understanding of the American phenomenon. And uh, nowhere was that more uh, profoundly expressed than on the weekend, or at least late in the week and then on, on the weekend as well, when you've got people mailing pipe bombs, shooting up a synagogue. I know we've had on occasion our own episodes of that, the mosque up there in Quebec City, still seared into uh, our consciousness. I wonder why sometimes it's always these houses of worship schools, but it seems self-evident because that's where people are especially vulnerable. Ain't nobody going to shoot back. No. Although Donald Trump did suggest as much, saying it would be uh, maybe uh, advisable for... You know, people to arm themselves when they go into these places. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not necessarily confident that that's going to do anything because sometimes, but that's the gun debate all over again, isn't it? Whether or not this is something that ought to uh, be done to deter uh, people doing the most heinous of things in Pittsburgh breaks your heart. Eleven people killed, uh, many also seriously wounded, and there was something that was. Uh, I guess a news flash earlier today in the hospital where this alleged uh, shooter was taken after a shootout with the police and he was wounded seriously, but he showed up in court today for his first hearing, but he was mended by, wait for it, Jewish doctors and nurses. So there's an irony, isn't it? 
However, uh, on this fateful morning Saturday, the Sabbath, two of the 911 calls placed in Pittsburgh came across this way. Give a listen. 3580, at least uh, one caller sounded like they may have been shot. Uh, They had agonal breathing. Several calls of persons sheltering in place within the structure. I got one alive. Three back in one right now. Still alive. We have at least uh, four down in the atrium. DOA at this time. Working the problem. Yeah. Well, yeah. That was the way it sounded. Now, Donald Trump, as I say, uh, suggesting how this might have been prevented. If there was an armed guard inside the temple, they would have been able to stop him. Maybe there would have been nobody killed. Mm. All right. Conjecture. But in response, New York Mayor Bill de Blasio, a Democrat, hates Trump, responds to Trump's advice, saying that more guns is exactly the wrong solution. No, houses of worship do not have to have armed guards to be able to practice their religions. That's not America. Well, I guess, you know, uh, the futility of trying to deter these madmen, it's just a case of everybody's floundering for explanations or reasons to uh, where to pin this, how to see that uh, there might be some way of addressing it. Just seems like it's going to go on unabated. And this is where it gets interesting because when Trump talked uh and he was at one of his rallies i can't remember where it was on the weekend uh he waded into it again he blamed the media he says the media must stop the open and obvious hostility and report the news accurately and fairly he actually doubled down called them the true enemy of the people that's in the wake of this mass shooting and bomb plot uh now the question is you know if there's some legitimacy or validity to that i mean slanted reporting and not even a subtle bias and you see it look when this mail bomb uh perp alleged uh was apprehended the washington post went with a headline that tied him directly into trump being a trump supporter now that may not have been uh, necessarily the lead in most people's minds, just wanting to know who the guy was. And, but this was the descriptor in the headline above the fold. So these are the kinds of things that irritate folks who may be Trump supporters or are on the right. They see that kind of a slant in the media. It's not totally ina- inaccurate, but they make it the lead. So this is the point that uh, Trump believes, you know, the condemnation is unwarranted because it becomes synonymous with deranged Trumpophile. You know, reflects on him, redounds on him. This is the point that uh, he is making, I guess, by calling it fake news and slanted reporting, which, by the way, stokes passions on both sides. It can lead to unfortunate outcomes. And in response, because there's a perception that the media is not being fair or uh, they're trying to massage the message rather than report it. And that's where you've got uh, this toxic environment where the rift has gotten even broader. And the polarization, I don't know that there's going to be any kind of bridges built anytime soon. It's ugly. It's ugly stuff. Although, you know, this is the the other question is whether or not uh, these forms of expression ought to be tamped down. Look, in the case of... uh, the massacre in the synagogue. It's interesting how there are some people who uh, do have this thinly veiled anti-Semitism or hatred for Israel. 
and of course Jews, but you know, they couch it in terms of, well, you know, we're just looking after the Palestinian interest, the boycott, divest, and sanction movement, the BDS movement. Now there is some talk that maybe this too constitutes hate. I'm going to bring that up with our panel after 520, whether there's some kind of uh, a synonymous connection. You know, your uh, vituperation towards Israel is in fact anti-Semitism. It's long been discussed, but now as you know, the heightened rhetoric uh, whipped up by, who knows, there's also a lot of social media things on the internet that are not easily uh, controlled, if you will, that, uh, or this genie's out of the bottle now, and uh, where it's taking us is anyone's guess, but the BDS movement will ask our panel after 520, that includes uh, Kim Wright, Mike Van Solen, and Adrian Batra, editor of The Sun, by the way, who uh, was actually mentioned in an article earlier today because Adrian Batra, as the editor in The Sun, uh, was asked about a, a recent opinion piece by Dr. Gifford Jones. He's been around forever since I think that paper was formed back in the early 70s. He's like a day one or an opinion piece. It runs infrequently now because the dude's like in his mid-90s. But he was talking about vaccinations. And uh, he was suggesting that uh, he doesn't get his yearly flu shot, instead relying on a daily dose of vitamin C to build up his immune system. And goes on to say that while vaccines save lives, history also shows that on rare occasions, they have a potential hidden risk. And uh, in his defense, he said he wasn't advocating that people forego vaccinations for themselves, just that they have a discussion about the issue with their family doctor. But in so posting this piece... Adrian, as the editor, I guess, made an editorial decision. There was a lot of blowback, and they had to withdraw it, took it down. Medical experts weighed in and uh, said this is not uh, a proper opinion or it's irresponsible to be fostering this notion that uh, vaccines can have unfortunate outcomes. Yet, you know, it's not uh, entirely true that there are no unfortunate outcomes. The Public Health Agency of Canada they publish a quarterly report on adverse reactions to vaccinations. And in the last three months of 2016, which is the most recent period reported, there were 902 such incidents, of which 103 were considered serious. So this again leads to a talking point. Is it irresponsible for any media outlet to publish the opinion that vaccines could involve risk and result in unfortunate outcomes? Is that irresponsible? Because the pressure was brought to bear on Ms. Batra at the Sun, and uh, they pulled a piece. It didn't come across to me as an anti-vaxxer screed. Uh, but by the same token, you know, everybody's touchy now about whether opinions can lead to unfortunate outcomes. Some people don't get vaccinated, you know, that kind of thing. That's what I was saying. Where the media is concerned, uh, people taking their cues, it becomes a risky business in this day and age. In fact, I'm going to find out how you feel about that. Then we're going to get to uh, the situation with the recent spate of terrorism, the pipe bombs, certainly the synagogue shooting. Mubin Sheikh's going to join us at the bottom of the hour. Time for a few fast calls on this question, though. When it comes to the media's reporting on vaccinations, I know every year, and by the way, uh, I believe we've already just entered the vaccination timeline where uh, you're, we're supposed to be talking it up. 
We had some expert booked, but they fell ill at the last moment. <laughs> Guy didn't get a shot. No, uh, so I'm going to I'm going to ask you about this. I don't want to really get into the vaccination debate. It's more about the media's reporting. Uh, if there's you know some way, shape, or form that we have uh, a consensus within the scientific community, the vaccinations are the best way to certainly safeguard the elderly and uh, the vulnerable, lowered immune resistance. These are the young. Uh, is there any point or purpose to having articles that would decry vaccination? Is there, or is that a matter of free speech? Take that under advisement? Or do you see that as being grossly irresponsible? 